Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Tommy Dreamer, Bully Ray, and I talk all about AEW Dynamite. We get into MJF and what is going on with MJF, especially the way Dynamite ended last night and also that promo was fire we'll talk about that and then we'll talk about the bcc seems to be a little dissension in the ranks as well and we get into in accordance to bcc the storytelling in aew we'll get into all that right now on the busted open podcast man i really enjoyed listening to mjf it seemed like the crowd last night loved hearing from mjf and it's interesting to me I've said this time and time again, and I actually said it to Tony Khan when he was on the show yesterday. I always looked at John Moxley as the face of AEW. So let's just put that aside for just a second, because here's MJF being interviewed by Renee, John Moxley's wife, and MJF is mocking Moxley to his wife, and the crowd couldn't have loved it more. Interesting scenario on Dynamite, Tommy. Yeah, um, straight up MJF, complete babyface turn after the everything that went down last night. Um, I sit there and say, who's going to be the villain if he beats Moxley for the title? I don't know if that villain exists in that world of AEW. Hmm. Bully, I see the I see the the look on your face. Uh, what do you need to say after what Tommy just said? Well, Tommy just said complete babyface turn last night, and it took every ounce of me not to tweet something out last night after that beatdown. So I said I'll save it for the show. And when can I can I, my- can I can I can I throw something out there where, and you might totally knock me down on this, sure, but do yeah. you know what? Do you know what I thought of during that beatdown last night? Go ahead. (laughs) Aces and eights. The way I see it, everybody takes a beating sometimes. And I, I would say a handful of fans tweeted it to me. And I didn't want to tweet it out because I didn't want it to seem self-serving. But that's what came to mind. It remind Tommy. It was the it's the wedding. You were there, remember Tommy? The fat cells in your brain are they working this morning? 
Mm, yeah, catering was all right at your wedding. Okay. <laughs> so, but I, with with I, I, that's what I started to think, Dave. Uh-huh. But then I saw um, uh, uh, Ego, uh, Austin Ego, Ethan Page. Ethan I saw Page. when I saw when I saw Ethan Page hit the. Um, what is what Scott's all Scott Hall's old move? What was it? Raise his edge. When I saw him hit the raise his edge on MJF, I was like, Ooh, that's a little stout, you know that. So then I started thinking to myself, Hmm, but if that's the direction that they're going in, um, it, it wouldn't shock me if that's all part of an, of an elaborate plan to lure Moxley in. And I liked it. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm not a big fan of uh, Hathaway's crew. I think, I, uh, um, what's his name? The tall kid. Morrison. Um, yeah. yeah. What do we call him? Big Kaz. I call him big Kaz. He's always big Kaz to me. Big Kaz looks so phenomenal, has su- done such a great job uh, of chiseling himself and looking like a legit credible monster. I wish he wasn't lost in the sauce with all those other guys. I wish all those other guys just stood in the background and let Morrissey do all of the dirty work. That guy looks too damn impressive and can be too big of a star for AEW to get lumped in with five other guys. That's just my opinion. Nope. I thousand percent. I worked with him uh, weekly. Uh, He became an attraction with an impact and he had a, I don't want to say he had a buzz, but he was when he came out. I, me, I purposely was like, "You need to become nine one one meets Sid," and that's what he became. But again, different eyes. And when you put somebody in a group like that, when you have the high, the the tallest person probably within that company, um, also probably is up there body wise with everybody. Um, he needs to stand there like the mountain as opposed to just, like you said, another body. But they did something awesome. last night, which a lot of times... And, and this goes back to go where I say, Dave, I just want to throw this out there. I'm gonna, I want to ba- sometimes like to back up some of the the and accusations are the, is the wrong word, but back up some of the points that I make. AEW is not a big man company. I... I I, I understand where you're coming from, but I thought they did something last night that we have haven't seen them really do. And that is when uh Morrissey gave him the choke slam through the table. They gave a camera angle where it was it was the camera angle was down looking up at him. That's that's probably the first time I've seen that on AEW Dynamite. Usually they don't use that camera. WWE does a phenomenal job with that. We've talked about they've done that almost repeatedly when it comes to Omos, where they have that one camera angle from the floor looking up. They they actually did that last night. And it was the first time. I'm not saying I'm completely sold on it, because if I said that, I'd be lying. But it was the first time last night where I, I started to buy in a little bit more to the firm than I have in the past. And I think the production and what we saw and maybe the physicality had me helped me buy in a little bit more than I have in the past. I mean, they also had to, because it was part of like, I mean, they were used a lot more than ever on the show. And yes, we've had bits and pieces of them, 
but it was like, we have to try our hardest to get these guys over because they're going to be attacking one of our most over guys. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. If you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Babchitz. Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you have never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Babchitz Morning After on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. Back here on Busted Open, Dave LaGreca, Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer. And you just heard the clip that started off that match. It started off dynamite from last night. Uh, Claudio and Wheeler against Jericho and Garcia. And Tommy, we had um, Tony Khan on the show yesterday. And Tony Khan was talking about storytelling and the flow of the show. And he also talked about some of the criticism that was thrown his way about uh, not everything having a storyline. I thought last night, the way that dynamite started with that tag match. And then immediately afterwards, the back and forth of the BCC in the back. And then it, it, it really was, you know, a thread throughout the show, even leading into the main event. Uh, I thought that was really good storytelling by Dynamite last night. Your thoughts? Uh, I agree. I love the match as well. Uh, I got to tell you something about factions and about groups. You need to see them together all the time. You look at the Jericho Appreciation Society. You and I both were, when they first were formed, they were like, huh? He's going from Santana, Ortiz, Sammy, uh, Jake Hager, and now he's going with this side. And we were like, and it got over. Why? They're always together. When you're talking about factions or like, cause I'm seriously, I'm like, wait, Tully Blanchard was managing this for a little bit. And yeah, like you, you need, if you're doing this faction warfare, if you're having everyone together, even the BCC, they're already having dissension. And how many times do they work together? How many times do they, you have to have these groups get together and be together almost all the time for it to matter. And when I say for it to matter, and I get like one's the champion, but you need them to be together for people to care if they're going to split or have dissension for a lot of different reasons. Like think about if this went on with the Freebirds, if somebody stepped up and you're like, whoa, 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 this is the Freebirds we're talking about. We don't split this group up yeah. or how important was when somebody had dissension in the horsemen. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. 
this is going to happen to Oli. Then, oh my gosh, wait, Lex Luger. And then there's all these things they need. If you're going to get something over and it's proven from the past, as well as it's proven together with Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society. So when you have little chinks in this armor, kinks, and that too, uh, kinks in this armor, you need the, uh, it, it's the glue that keeps everything together to always have the people uh, together. Well, all right. So let me ask you this because you mentioned the Freebirds. The Freebirds, what? The first time there was any dissension with the Freebirds was what, like 1987? Like it was well over five years of them being together before there was a little bit of animosity between the members, as, as, at least as far back as I can remember. I could be wrong. So, Bully, my question for you with the BCC is this too early for there to be a dissension amongst the ranks with the BCC? With the demeanor of everybody in the BCC, I'm not shocked that it's happening sooner than later. All these guys are very aggressive fighters. You know, they're always amped up and ready to go. I loved the interaction last night uh, of the BCC post-match. I love the way it was shot. Everybody's still sweaty. They didn't pre-tape it. It was done uh, immediately following the match. You got that you, you got the uh, you got the, the vibe and the feel of what it was like to just come out of the ring and be interviewed in the back. Uh, I, I like the dissension. I like Danielson all fired up and, you know, just ready to go. It, then later on in the show, I like the fact that we were led to believe that they're all in that same dressing room yes. together as the unit. It's like, OK. Two hours ago, we were fighting again amongst each other, but two hours later, we're all in the same dressing room and we can't get out to help our guy. Uh, this goes back to yesterday's discussion with, with, with Tony about the storytelling. I understood, and I guess Tony was taking, uh, was talking about how Eric Bischoff was uh, giving some critique about how AEW doesn't do enough storytelling. I completely understand both sides here. I think in the past, as I have said on this show, AEW has suffered from a lack of cohesive long-term storytelling. You had just brought up the aces and eights before, not because I was involved, but the aces and eights was cohesive long-term long-term storytelling. Do I yes. think that fans have the attention span these days for that? Yes. If the story is the right story and being told the right way. Now, I think Eric was referring to AEW, but not in the past couple of months. I think in the past couple of months, they've done a better job within the show every week to tell stories within the show, threads within the show, like last night, beginning, middle, and end. That will lead to something next week. I do think they are improving on that. And one of the things that me and you have talked about since day one, where the AEW could improve was... Stop trying to fit 10 pounds of shit into a five pound bag, improve with your referees and your, uh, and your rules enforcement of your rules and your long-term storytelling last night at past couple of weeks. I do see them doing a better job with their stories. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm not going to go crazy here because as we always talk about here on busted open, it's all about the follow-up. So I want to see what next week's show is like. Cause I think there's been a couple of times on a Thursday morning where we have been like, all right, that's a little bit better. The flow's a little bit better. They're not trying to shove so much. And you know, Hey, there's a couple of, you know, 
pretty couple of interesting hints towards maybe even the officiating getting a little bit better. And then the next week, it kind of goes back to like what it was two weeks before. So I don't want to get too crazy now, but I do see last night's show as a shining example where the flow of the show was much better than we've seen before. They let things breathe a lot more. They hearken back to other moments. The, uh, a nice thread where you have a story begin the show and then that same story end the show. I think last night was a shining example of that. I hope they can capitalize on it again next week. And, and watch this. Tommy, how long do you need to be a pro wrestler before you truly start to get it? About 10 years. Um, you could speed up process. Eight, I always say, if you want to get uh, a talent over, if you're a company, you need about three years to get that talent over. And then the next three years proves whether that person is going to be a money draw or we got to he's going to, they're going to be a good hand or, but it takes about three years to develop a talent old school. I would say 10 years. Okay. I, I agree with you on 10 years. And, and here's my point. It takes about 10 years, Dave, for a talent to truly start to understand what the hell is going on in this business and how we do this and the art form. How long do you think it takes to be a good booker? I couldn't even imagine. Tony's been doing it. What for three years now, three years. He's still getting his feet wet. He's still learning. I don't give a shit about Observer Awards for Booker of the Year. That means shit. What means what means something is people tuning into your product. My point is, Tony is a brand new booker. I don't care about his fantasy booking or tape trading back in the day. That's not the real world of pro wrestling. What he's doing now is the real world of pro wrestling. So three years in, he's still getting a feel for this booking thing. He's getting a feel for his locker room. What gels, how to come out of break, go into break, cliffhangers, all this. It You have to give it time. So when you see little improvements it gives you hope that, okay, things are getting better for this company. But then, as you said, every once in a while, you see that step back. As long as you're not taking steps back with the things that you never have to take steps back with. And that's why I go back to the refereeing and the rules, because that's easy. Those are easy fixes that you never have to take steps backward, take steps backwards. But when it comes to booking of a major wrestling company that's on TV, we have a brand new person doing it. Tony Khan is green when it comes to booking, but he's been doing a good enough job where the company is doing decent numbers on TV and is providing entertainment for their fan base. And, fill, and filling their arenas and like a fan base that's rabid enough bully that you're saying it, it harkens back to the attitude era. Like there's a lot of great signs that are going to say to you, you know what? This is a healthy company that should have a long shelf life here in the world of pro wrestling. And I'll say this too, when it comes to AEW, because it is new. And I know this is a different era where fans want everything quick and you don't really have the time and the patience to let things breathe for a long period of time. You know, we see it in the world of the NFL, Tommy, you know, this, you know, we grew up in an era where it's like, Hey, the backup quarterback would sit behind the starter for a few years before getting that opportunity to be a starting quarterback. That's not the way of the world. Now it's like you get drafted. You're expected to produce 
right away. And if you don't produce halfway through that season, you're going to get benched. You know, we're seeing a time in where, hey, TV shows start. Listen, if Cheers or MASH or Seinfeld, I just named three of some of the biggest shows ever, right? Th- those those TV shows would never have worked today. Why? Because it took two or three seasons for those TV shows to garner an audience. That's not the way of the world now. If you can't garner an audience for your fir- by their, your first six episodes, you're going to get canceled. So I don't think there's a lot of breathing room, Bully or Tommy, right now when it comes to the world of pro wrestling. I think a lot of fans, and let's say a lot of critics, want everything to be done right now. Uh, also, I mean, if we're just talking about history, there, there's a lot to, that I'm just listening to you guys talk. Um, during that time also was the pandemic and no fans. Yeah. And that yeah. totally changed how you could do things. Uh, and, you know, it totally different. Um, as well as when we talk about long-term storytelling, you can't do that with every story. Um but then I'm also thinking about the Kenny Omega hangman page was a long term story. Cody MJF MJF Jericho. I mean, there's been a lot of like really, really good long-term stories that I also want to say, maybe we've forgotten MJF Eddie Kingston there. There's been a lot uh, of good stuff going on and that it was long-term. Um, also, David, uh, just because this is busted open from the early 80s, the Freebirds split up and Terry Gordy was tagging with Jimmy Snuka. And then they also did Freebird versus Freebird at the Omni. And then they came back together just because this was busted open from 19. How, how'd you like to, how would you like to be involved in a tag match putting it together with Gordy and Snuka? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, and then you also have to factor in, Bully, that AEW obviously over the past you know, seven to eight months have have to dealt have dealt with a lot of injuries, and also have dealt with a lot of strife. You know, you know we've uh, you know with with not just their roster, but with main event players where they've had to adjust, and that's just the world of sports in general. Injuries are going to happen, and you're going to have to adjust. But I think you would agree that for a, a company so young, especially over the last six to seven months, they have to they've had to deal with a lot when it comes to their roster. Yeah, but that comes with the territory. You know, that that almost sounds like an excuse for the company. Every company has to deal with that stuff, internal strife and injuries. And and, and let me just make a comparison here. I'm talking about how, you know, Tony has only been doing it for a limited amount of time. He's still getting his feet wet, learning his roster, learning a lot of different things uh, in becoming a successful booker. Heyman became a successful booker much quicker, but there was a reason. And Tommy, you probably could back me up on this or you might disagree. Paul had sat under the learning tree his entire life. He was surrounded by bookers. He was surrounded by talents his entire life. He was surrounded by the, the Blassies and the Albanos and the Grand Wizards and the McMahons and the, and the Eddie Gilberts and the Jerry Lawlers and yada, yada, and the Eddie Grahams and yada, yada. So Paul learned so much by, by, by the time he had picked up a pencil, it was as if he had been the apprentice, he'd been the apprentice or the booker for a while. Tommy, yes, no? Yeah, well, he was Eddie Gilbert's assistant booker. And when he was in WCW, he was with Dusty, who was under Eddie. Um, and even then, and it's funny you were saying that because I was going to use that point as well. You could see the early growing pains of 
the original ECW. Everybody holds ECW with such high regard, but man, there were so many failures and mess ups and close calls. I mean, uh, hell, we, we got kicked off of pay-per-view. We announced our pay-per-view date and they got kicked off. And that was because, hey, we, we were too violent. And, you know, there, there was, that was, you know, before there was the internet, there was the dirt sheets and they got us kicked off of pay-per-view, which was our lifeblood and like how your company can take it to the next level. Um, the Shane versus Tully versus for the one hour draw where the fans literally stood up, turned around and chanted, we want bingo. And you don't want that during your main event. But these are things like, you know, we could, again, always see that company growing. You watch it from its infancy, you watch it grow. But there was so many growing pains. And without the pressure of national television, without the pressure of uh, social media, where you're being attacked from every front, we and oh, yeah, by the way, you also have a company called WWE or WCW coming at you. Now it's more like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're also in a bit of a war with WC, uh, WWE. And not that it's a, a war like how it was a war, but there's, I mean, you've seen this landscape turn like that once Triple H took over. And it's like, all right. And, and I joke, and, I, and you know it, Paul, when Paul was ready for business, he'd pull up his fat pants and be like, okay, because he'd have to go into battle mode. True. I, so a couple of things. When it comes to AEW right now and 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 Tony Khan, we had Tony Khan on the show, which, by the way, I love the fact that Tony Khan gives us his, his time each and every Wednesday to come on with us before an AEW Dynamite. And it's something that I alluded to with Tony when he was on with us yesterday, because he brought up the criticism from Eric Bischoff. One thing I know from being in a lot of NFL locker rooms when I was working with the NFL is you can't let the media get to you. You got to brush that off. You know, don't worry about what you have to worry about. Let the media be the media. And I kind of alluded it to it to Tony in our interview yesterday, Tommy, where when after he brought up the Bischoff thing, I said, hey, you know, just like here with Busted Open, you're going to get criticism, but you can't let that criticism affect you and the job that you're doing. Would you give that same advice to Tony? I did give him that advice uh, on the air. Yes, and, you did. Yes. And I said, then guess the greatest part about what you have and I, I use Roddy Piper. You have, just when everyone thinks they have all the answers, you change the questions. He changed my thinking of professional wrestling, which has been ingrained in day one of, eh, maybe this wouldn't happen. Maybe this wouldn't work to like, eh, it's working for him. And it's working for that audience. There's, you know, you can't listen to haters. You can't listen. You have to stick to your guns and stick to your game plan. Uh, for the NFL, what do they talk about? Buying in. You have to buy into this team mentality. You have to buy into what your coach is saying. And if you don't, guess what? Your team usually doesn't win. Un but unlike real sports, they're not going to, you can't replace the owner. So if you're doing this and you have all these great things happening for yourself, ride that wave. It also like, and I'm not speaking for the guy, maybe it was also a personal thing where I feel like I'm being personally attacked from number one, yeah. a person that worked. I don't know. I mean, he has appeared in AEW a couple of times as well as it was, I mean, 
that's one of, I don't know, David, who you viewed as like somebody you really liked on radio, but Tony has how much he really used to enjoy WCW. And then to have somebody go on and say stuff about that, maybe you take that to heart slash personal. And then the other thing that I told him, there's a big, big thing from podcasts that for people to talk negative about a product for financial gain, it's a thing. Yeah. And, you know, you're also talking about the guy who's, whose book was Controversy Creates Cash. So if you're going to go against a certain group, cool. You're not going to do it against WWE now because you work with somewhat with WWE. But if he went that route too, it would be, but WWE would never say anything about it. Triple H wouldn't give dog piss about what anybody thinks about it publicly behind the scenes. He could just be like freaking out. Did you hear what they say? Did you hear that they say, I just like taking pictures with talent? Did you hear what they said on Busted Open? <laughs> well, because I, 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 and it's interesting to me because you brought up like sports, like a head coach of a football team, NBA team, baseball team, whatever doesn't give a shit what the fans think they have their game plan they're going to go with their game plan and it's not going to be like man the fans really want us to throw the ball more so you know what i think in the game plan this week i'm going to throw the ball more no it's going to be like i'm going to put up a game plan where i know is going to best give us the best chance to win but in pro wrestling i guess it's different tony khan has said in our interviews all the time he listens to the fans he wants to give the fans the best product as possible so he listens to those. It's kind of like a catch-22 because you're going to get criticism if you listen and you're going to get criticism if you don't listen. Most of those press conferences, and, and you guys joke the way I talk, blah, 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 Bill Belichick. He literally, what are his sound bites? Yes, we, won a, we had a great game. Yes, we lost. We're going to go back to work next week. It, it's, that's the mindset that you kind of have to have for the public. I don't know how he is privately, but I've seen some documentaries on I've seen, and he has a lot of charisma. He has a lot of character. You don't see that he in does. those interviews. You know him? I've met Bill Belichick many times. He's actually one fun one of a hell of a funny guy. But you would never know would you, it by listening to his press conferences. Because that's him in the public as opposed to him in private. Yeah. A lot of people will say and talk, you know, I'll use him as an example. Vince McMahon. Like Vince didn't do, go and say a lot of stuff. Or we all tuned into his one big shoot interview with Pat McAfee. We're like, oh, my God, I can't believe Vince is actually saying this stuff. But behind the scenes, we all know him as something different. Bully Mark and myself. And that's not the leader that was perceived, you know, how it was. And again, just using these examples. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports podcast network if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more please give a five-star rating and leave a review subscribe today wherever you stream the podcast catch the full three hours of busted open monday through saturday at 9 a.m eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 go to siriusxm.com backslash busted open trial to start your free trial today The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.